0: Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Molly Mintz from the Opinion and Analysis Desk. Mansfield, in Britain's East Midlands, was once a hub at the center of mining villages with a Labour Party-supporting community. But the mines have closed, the jobs have gone, and last year, a Conservative was voted in as MP. Jeremy Corbyn has swelled the ranks of the Labour Party with well-educated urbanites, but the people here are the kind of traditional working-class voters that he needs to win back to have a chance of power, says Joshua Chaffin. What do they think of him? To thousands of urban and well-educated voters who have flocked to the Labour Party over the past two years, Jeremy Corbyn is at least a savior and possibly the messiah. But to the denizens of the Plesley miners' welfare, a working man's club next to the old Plesley colliery in Mansfield, Mr. Corbyn is other things. A commie. An arsehole. Nuts. Lining up a shot on the snooker table, one former miner says, He's got strange ideas. I think he's the worst labour leader we've ever had. For more than a century, the Plesley pit supplied coal to the UK, and its workers supplied votes to the Labour Party. But the mine closed in 1986, much of its equipment entombed half a mile beneath the surface, and the political machine is now broken too. In a historic upset, voters in Mansfield, a constituency in the East Midlands, last year sent a conservative to Westminster for the first time. In so doing, they put aside an enmity for the Tories passed down through generations for presiding over the closure of their pits and textile mills, twin blows from which the town is still reeling decades later. More galling for labor, the new MP, Ben Bradley, is a 28-year-old of light experience who was found to have suggested on a blog that unemployed wasters undergo vasectomies. To Steve Yem, the former longtime chairman of the local labor party, The real surprise is not that Mr. Bradley won, but that his margin of victory was not even larger. He says, In many respects, it's been coming for a long time in Mansfield. The canary in the coal mine may have been Labour's loss of control of Mansfield Council in 2002. Party elders insisted it would soon be overturned, but it never was. Then there was Mansfield's overwhelming support for Brexit in the 2016 referendum, even though Labour opposed it. And there was the visceral distaste when many working-class voters set their gaze last year on Mr. Corbyn, an avowed socialist from North London who has past associations with groups such as the Irish Republican Army and Lebanon's Hezbollah. Mr. Yem, a minor son who became a pharmaceuticals executive, says, There's an intrinsic quality to this, and Jeremy and many of the people around him are identified with the far left. He worries that Labour's rebirth under Mr. Corbyn is hastening a political realignment in the working-class communities that have long been the party's bedrock. Polls show the Conservatives now enjoy a comfortable lead across the country among semi-skilled and less-educated voters. That shift is reinforcing doubts about whether Labour can ever reach power under Mr. Corbyn and whether, as some predict, the party might instead be heading for a messy split between irreconcilable factions. Mr. Yem says, You see this in the former South Yorkshire coalfields. You see it in the Northeast in exactly the same way. This is really, in my opinion, about voters who are older and with lower educational attainment, moving away from labor. Mansfield sits right on that national trend. In neighboring Ashfield, Lee Anderson blames Mr. Corbyn for almost single-handedly shrinking Labour's margin there, from nearly 9,000 votes in 2015 to just 441 last year. Mr. Anderson, a former minor and long-time Labour councillor who defected to the Conservatives in March, says, The biggest objection we got last year on the doorstep was Jeremy Corbyn. By a mile, nothing else came close. He says of his former party, I don't think they're speaking to people like me anymore. They're more interested in ideology and being pure. To Corbynites, that is the grumbling of a traitor from a failed regime. It was under Tony Blair, the former leader who saw the UK's economic future as the city and financial services, not the pits or the foundry, that labour became unmoored from its working-class base, they say. In Mr. Corbyn, they believe they finally have a leader determined to make more than gestures or incremental changes to lift up downtrodden regions. The party's Mansfield membership has more than doubled in the past two years and includes many who were not involved in politics before they were signed up by the grassroots momentum group that is devoted to Mr. Corbyn. Martin Lee, a local solicitor who has succeeded Mr. Yem as Labour's local chairman, says, I don't think the Labour Party, pre-Corbyn, had a message of hope for areas like this, We've been as a party in decline for 20 years. Speaking to the residents of Mansfield, it can feel as though neither Labour nor the Conservatives has a particular grip on the public and that the strongest political force is diffuse anger. Once home to thousands of workers, the colliery has gone quiet. From a distance, it looks tranquil on a recent afternoon. New houses are being put up on the reclaimed hillside in a development called Orchid Rise. The death of mining has brought grass and a riot of birds and middle-aged dog walkers. Les Lovegrove, 74, a retired miner from nearby Kirkby, says, "'I feel sorry for the young today. There's nothing there for them. Nothing. When I left school, well, you could go from one job to another. You could leave one job on a Friday and get another job on Monday. That's it. It's all gone.' They've let it all go, them powers would be. Just a generation ago, the local miners were considered the industry's aristocracy. The pits in the surrounding Nottinghamshire County were prolific, and the workers were well-rewarded. Looking back, the men tend to describe the job as both horrible and wonderful. It was dark, dirty, and dangerous. But it was also well-paid, particularly for young men with few qualifications and bred a unique sense of camaraderie. Everything changed in March 1984, when the National Union of Mineworkers called a strike. While miners obeyed the picket elsewhere, many in Nottinghamshire did not. Many trusted promises from the Thatcher government that their prolific pits would be spared. Decades have passed, but the bitterness remains. Eric Eaton, who had taken out his first mortgage just two days before the strike, obeyed it. His then best friend did not. Just the other day, Mr. Eaton, now seventy-one, coughing occasionally from years of inhaling coal dust, saw the man's wife in the supermarket. We smiled at each other, but we did not speak, he recalls. Until we pass away, there's still going to be that bitterness. Not long after the strike ended, the government began closing the pits anyway. Many went in the early 1990s, although one, Thorsby, creaked along until 2015. Describing the scene in his village after the Newstead colliery closed in 1987, Mr. Eaton says, it was diabolical. Drugs, antisocial behavior, even dog fighting arrived. If you owned a home, there was no one to sell it to. The other local industry, textiles, was also collapsing. Mansfield was the hub at the center of such villages. It has had various development plans and grants from Brussels and Westminster. But the town has not managed to latch on to a future. A study by the Industrial Communities Alliance ranked Mansfield last among 96 communities in Britain for its low wages. There, years of austerity that followed the 2008 financial crisis have brought homelessness, a brain drain, and black mamba, a particularly powerful form of synthetic cannabis. One woman sitting in the town centre says of its decline, We notice it when we go away. As a mostly old and white parade of people file past, she adds, even people who have jobs don't have money. Some people trundle along with the help of walkers and mobility scooters. In the market square, a single voice could be heard above the rest, a bellowing trader trying to unload pies for a pound. It was less a working class, says one resident, than an underclass. There is one former mining site that is still busy. In 1993, the Shirebrook Colliery closed and, with government support, was converted into an office park. The retailer, Sports Direct, is the main tenant, with a metal-faced corporate headquarters, a sprawling warehouse facility, and outlet stores. In 2016, the chair of a parliamentary committee investigating work practices said the conditions of the facility were more akin to a Victorian workhouse than a modern retailer, The factory relies on thousands of Eastern European workers. Workers, the committee found, were in effect paid less than the minimum wage because they were forced to wait in a bottleneck, unpaid, before leaving the facility. The environment was so intense that one woman gave birth in a toilet cubicle. These are the sorts of failings of the modern economy that Mr. Corbyn has long campaigned against. The Labour Party's manifesto in the 2017 election called for an end to zero-hours contracts, a higher minimum wage, and free school meals. It also had features geared specifically to former mining communities, including a pledge to launch an inquiry into the clash between police and striking miners in 1984 at Orgreave. Alan Spencer, the local head of the NUM, says, When I heard that manifesto, it was the best thing since sliced bread. On a wall behind him in his Mansfield office is a painting of Arthur Scargill, the former NUM leader who led the failed 1984 strike. He sees a bit of Mr. Scargill and Mr. Corbyn, whom he praises for opening up the local party. When we talk about policies, the policies are universally popular, says Sonia Ward, 44, who grew up among miners, thinking it was the norm for men like her father and uncles to have fewer than ten fingers. She says, It was only when I was older I found out that they all got cut off in industrial accidents. In February, the longtime youth worker was selected as Labour's parliamentary candidate for Mansfield, with Momentum's backing. The miners' strike was still felt in a pervasive distrust of politics, she argues. Labour's policies could make a difference, but, she says, so many people are so despondent that they find that hard to believe. But winning back Mansfield will require more sweat than magic, according to Miss Ward and Mr. Lee. They are promising a sustained campaign, not just turning up a month before Election Day and calling on the loyalty of a monolithic working class. People don't fit in a neat box, Miss Ward says. People are not as tribally political as they were. Brexit proved that. Some 70% of Mansfield voters supported leaving the EU in the 2016 referendum, even though Labour backed Remain, Mr. Corbyn, long sceptical of the bloc, campaigned with little vigour for it. He has since been opaque about his intentions. Mr. Yem calls the vote an act of political nihilism for Mansfield. With a pledge to deliver Brexit and control immigration, Sid Pepper, a first-time candidate for the UK Independence Party, won 11,850 votes in 2015, to be placed a close third. Two years later, many of those voters bolted for the Conservatives after Prime Minister Theresa May swore her commitment to Brexit. Mr. Pepper, 68, is an entrepreneur, a climate change denier, and an unlikely Mansfield populist. The son of an engineer, he grew up in relative affluence and was bullied by miners' children as a boy. He has no great nostalgia for miners or mining. He says, That was for poor people and people with no ambition. Sitting in a coffee shop owned by his partner, he explains his political rise. To my mind, labor no longer represents the working class, but I don't think there is a working class. So what is there? He says, there's just an elite and the rest of us. We're all in this shit together. As for labor, he predicts it will lose the next general election in Mansfield. Momentum might work on the Westminster elite, but not here, he says, "'accusing its activists of bullying behavior. "'Eventually, he sees the party splitting "'between a Corbynite socialist branch "'and a more moderate one. "'He gazes out of a second-story window "'at Mansfield's Market Square "'and shakes his head in irritation. "'Bemoaning the remorseless advance of online shopping, "'he says, "'They tried to save the market, but it's not working. "'Give up,' he urges. "'It's failing. "'It's in the past.' Thanks for listening to the FT Big Read. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on all the usual apps.